Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser with you here tonight, Thursday night, NBA back. We got 12 games tonight. We got some college hoops. Um, not the best matchups tonight, but Florida Atlantic at least taking care of business. Not the best matchups on Friday night of college hoops, but you know what we're going to do tomorrow night, Peach? We're going to preview Saturday's slate. I know you already like Kentucky. I want to get your thoughts on that. There's there's plenty. There's Houston Baylor. Um, a lot of good games on Saturday, so we'll obviously get to that. We'll have updates on golf. Coming up this hour, we're going to get to some NFL. There's some weird stuff going on in Philadelphia, go figure, involving Nick Sirianni and Big Dom. But first, let's get to some NBA scores and see if we want to add any late NBA plays. Uh, let's see who's uh, in and who's out if there's any major injuries. Right now, Sabonis for the Kings is still a game-time decision. That game's going to tip off here soon. I'm guessing he's probably in tonight. LeBron James, we already know, is out for the Lakers. Uh, Christian Wood also out for the Lakers tonight. Anthony Davis most likely going to go, but he's still listed as a game-time decision. Chris Paul is out for the Warriors tonight. Uh, your boy Otto Porter out for the Jazz tonight. And then we already know uh, LaMelo Ball out for the Hornets tonight, which is why Dan Karpik was throwing out some alternate assist props, which you got to check out on the podcast. Uh, all right, PJ, let's uh, see what we got coming up here as far as – over at BetMGM, I'm all frozen up, but I'm going to pull up the scores here in about two seconds uh, on the fly. So right now, the Magic, luckily, up 100-89. to 89. The Magic now 8.5-point favorites. Last night, we talked about this game. Grabbed them as 8.5-point dogs. Donovan Mitchell didn't end up playing for the Cavs, so the Magic closed at 6.5. And, and right now, they're minus 1,000 on the money line. 227.5 is the total, so the total looking like it's going to go over. It closed at 214.5. Pacers up 111 to 97 at home in Indianapolis on the Pistons. Right now, the 76ers fighting back. I always say in the NBA, Peach, you want to be down 20 at the half. Might be the case here. Knicks now up 91-84, but the 76ers just seven and a half point dogs. Unfortunately for the Nets, they're down 16 with 8:45 to go. 11 and a half point dogs on the live line. Might be screwed there, Peach. Uh, Mavs 75-63 over the Suns. Bulls up 62-59 on the Celtics at the UC. Pelicans up 61-50 on the Rockets. Thunder up 61-59 on the Clippers. We did battle back there. It's still at one and a half. Anything that you like, uh, one last time, Wizards, Nuggets, Hornets, Jazz, Lakers, Warriors. No line movement tonight, really. Uh, Warriors still five and a half point favorites. Jazz, nine and a half point favorites. Nuggets, 15 and a half point favorites coming up here. Yeah, so we're on Jokic triple-double tonight, plus 140. I like that. I'm going to tail our guy Dan Karpuk on the Trey Man assists as well. I uh, I like that in that game. Uh, he, got, he had some good stuff in Hornets and Jazz as well. The Bulls are looking good, Horvath. 62-59, they're leading at half. Um, yeah. It's going to be an interesting game to monitor in the third quarter. If we get like close to Celtics' money line, one and a half, two and a half, might jump on Boston there in that game. Um, gonna Don't monitor the clip. Gonna monitor the Clippers game. I think this is gonna be a one-score game either way. I think it's coming down to the wire. So if we can get a nice plus number with the Clippers, maybe like a five and a half, six and a half, I could see myself jumping on them as well. And then, um, yeah, we'll see what happens in Sixers and Knicks. Maybe the Sixers can complete a little comeback. I'm so disgusted with the Nets, right? I mean, seventy-six yeah. points. Ugh, brutal. Even this is why I don't bet coach. the NBA. You know, they don't yeah. even care about their NBA head coaches, so forget them. Yeah, exactly. And that's just not a really good team. Really quick, some NHL scores, too. Colorado's up one to nothing on Detroit. They're minus 450 on the money line. Caps now tied up with Tampa. 
3 all in the third period. Yet still a minus 800 popped up for the Caps, but that game's tied now in the third period. Uh, Pittsburgh's up 3-1 to one on Montreal. Uh, Florida and Carolina scoreless. That game's in the third period, 14-47 to go. Live total down to 1.5 over at BetMGM. Rangers up 4 nothing on New Jersey, and then Dallas trails Ottawa 4-1, to one, and the Islanders and St. Louis are scoreless in the second period. College hoops. Um, damn, man. Detroit, they lose by 15. Nobody else on the planet probably bet that game. But Hofstra does come through, Peach, as four-and-a-half-point favorites. They're up 69-57 with 40 seconds to go. And go. Uh, that's all I had tonight in college basketball. What other game did you have? Oh, you had Minnesota. They're up 42-34 on Ohio State at the half. All right, so we're looking all right right there. Yeah, they're right. uh, they're playing well. I uh, I had Tom Casale on my show send it in earlier today, and uh, – he was telling me that Vermont was playing Albany and that Vermont always smacks Albany. So I wanted to see if we got a score on that game between cuz Vermont once again. Vermont's in the tournament like every year. They dominate that league, the American East every single season and they won 94 to 80 over Albany. So there you go. They uh they covered the number tonight. So keep that in mind in the old back pocket. Whenever Vermont goes up against Albany, usually a good bet to take the catamounts there in that game. Um, yeah, and then, you know, when we get to this time of the year, too, I kind of want to see how some of the mid-majors look in uh, these, like, road spots. Grand Canyon was only oh, yeah. four-and-a-half-point favorites at Tarleton State. They're up by 11 right now. App State, who uh, is having a great year out of the Sun Belt, they beat Auburn earlier this year in the non-conference. They took care of business against Old Dominion today. They won that game by 15, so... I like keeping an eye on uh, some of these mid-majors, see, see who's playing well. And uh, so far, all these teams right now that are one seeds, if their conference tournament started today, they're uh, they're taking care of business. And then obviously this FAU-SMU game is, uh, is really big in yeah. the AAC. So we'll see how it wraps up. Got to sweat on your hands. Both the first half and the full game just coming right down to the final couple FAU. possessions. Yeah, yeah, FAU. I know. Yeah, I know. they're up eight with up eight with two minutes to go. I know. I turned them off for a second. I threw the caps on because I'm a local guy now, you know, a DC guy, and I turned them on, and they gave up two goals in like a matter of 35 seconds. So for Scott's sake, I, I turned them off to be a good teammate. I don't want to jinx your guys' team. Um, <laughs> no, that's a really good point on the mid-major schools, especially now because college basketball has changed changed so much. You know, there's so many one-and-dones, obviously. I like these, like, mid-major teams or these teams that have the the seniors. You know, like you brought up mm-hmm. with Illinois. You like them because they have four seniors that get run. I do. That's why I like some of these mid-major teams, and that's what I love about March, conference tournament time. Like, wake up early in the morning, you watch hoops all day, but those mid-major tournaments, man – are absolutely electric as well. Um, so I get into those just as much as I get into the big ones, the ACC, SEC, and whatnot, the power schools. Did you see what's going on in Philadelphia? I mean, I already am kind of out on Nick Sirianni. We all knew, like, Nick Sirianni was, I don't even know how to put this, a, a fiery guy, right? Um, he's got a little bit of an ego. Uh, he's kind of cocky. But I think he might be nuts. And as soon as Jonathan Gannon left and Shane Steichen left, everything kind of went to hell. You had Matt Patricia uh, down on the field as the defensive coordinator last season. That was a brutal move. But then we had the weird situation where Big Dom got punted from the sidelines, and then all of a sudden everything kind of fell apart. 
Uh, Adam Schefter was actually out in Philadelphia, 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia. And uh, listen to this, and then we'll talk a little bit about, about this. This is a weird situation. Somebody in the organization yesterday, I'm like, what is this? And the, and the text back, the quote was, none of that S word happened. None of that S happened. Good. Now, I don't know. I'm just telling you that, you know, that's what qualifies, you know, as a report. You can just go say whatever you want, and it gets clicks, and people hear about it. Was somebody with another player's woman or something? I don't I, Who knows? Who knows? I, I'm just telling you that somebody in the organization, you know, was pretty adamant yesterday. None of that happened. So... Pete, you said earlier tonight that you're not buying into the Eagles' bounce-back season. And I don't think no. it really has even – I don't even know that it has anything to do with Jalen. All right, so to set up that audio right there, that's Adam Schefter, again, uh, on 97.5 The Fanatic out in Philadelphia. But uh, the piece in pro football talk from your boy Mike Florio, who we were right by during the Super Bowl. So he brings up how Fox Sports 1 host and Cody Decker's main man Craig Carton hinted about maybe there being a real reason for the implosion of the Eagles in 2023. So, like, there's been stuff going around that, you know, maybe guys were with the same girl, this and that. Um, but, you know, there's the Eagles reporter Derek Gunn, and he comes out and pretty much talks about the banishment of Eagles security chief, you know, Dom, and he's banished from the sidelines after he makes contact with Dre Greenlaw during that December 3rd game against San Fran. And then all of a sudden, Nick Sirianni was off balance and uh, Gunn posted on X, or Twitter as I still like to call it, that Big Dom controls Sirianni's emotions on the sideline and that in his absence, Nick gets in numerous arguments with players and coaches during the games. So then obviously the Eagles go into free fall after the Big Dom sideline suspension, which then lasts the end of the regular season. We never see Big Dom again. And then they have that you know, the lone victory on Christmas over the Giants, and Sirianni admits he was too tense during that game. But you saw that, man. It's not even like that Sirianni's too tense with his players. Like, he's just a hard ass. When I really lost all respect for Nick Sirianni, because I was still in on Sirianni going into the season. I was like, all right, he lost two guys. Um, but, I mean, the Eagles got off to a great start. Like, let's not forget, too, man. And right. When I was really out on him, though, was after the KC game. Like, they just beat you in the Super Bowl. They won the big prize. They won the war. You win this little mini battle in the regular season. And the Chiefs are like an NBA team, right? They could win 10, 11 games every regular season. And I'm never betting against them in the Super Bowl ever again because Mahomes is superhuman. He's Michael Jordan, right? He's Mm -hmm. Tom Brady now. But, I mean, Sirianni is in the tunnel and, like, He's mocking the Chiefs, and he's and he's doing this and stuff. And it's like, what are you doing, man? You're the head coach. Can you imagine any other head coach doing that? Like, talking trash to fans, talking trash to opposing players, his own guys. Like, he's got to cool it. He's got to calm down a little bit. And, like, this Big Dom situation is so weird, right? It's like, it's like he's, like, the bouncer. It's like he's, like, his bodyguard. I don't know, man. I- I'm with you, though. I'm all the way out on Philadelphia. And... That was Schefter talking on, you know, Philadelphia radio again, 97.5, the fanatic. I don't know. It's just a weird situation. Do you have any thoughts on that, or what do you think? Yeah, man. I, I think that's well said. I, that that Chiefs game, 
See, Sirianni's kind of like, he's that kid that, you know, when he's picking on the little guy, like, it's all it's all good, right? He's, like, having a good time. He's celebrating with his players. Like, he knows his team's better than the other team. And then when things get tough, it looks like he has no answers. Like, it, it, then he's, like, scared. And he's like, oh, you guys are coming to me, like, to try and solve this problem. But we were so good. Like, things were going so great. And it just – it looks like, honestly, he has no idea what he's doing on the sideline. Like, he, I, he's just there to be a hype man. And when they're playing well, he's a great hype man. And he's talking all this smack. He's like the 11th player on the bench that doesn't play. He's the guy that shows up for the, uh, you know, the score report, doesn't do any of the work, but brags that he got a good grade. Like, that's Sirianni. You know what I mean? I really am shocked that an organization that is so well run at the top like the Eagles brought him back. I really am. Especially... With the options that were available at head coach, man, you could have plugged in Vrabel to that locker room, and I think it would have been a great fit. A guy that would be no nonsense, would have really fixed that defense, especially the secondary. Veterans would have responded to him. I think it really would have been good. I mean, Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie usually are on top of that stuff. You know, remember how when Doug Peterson got fired, it was because of that final game against Washington when he decided to bench Jalen Hurts at the end of the game because they wanted to screw the Giants out of the playoffs, and they're like, nah, this this is not how we do things. And he brought them their only Super Bowl in franchise history. I'm stunned, quite frankly, that they brought back Sirianni. Usually the Eagles are one of those organizations that – they kind of see what everybody else sees, and they're like, yeah, yeah that we're, we're just not winning with this guy. And I understand they made a Super Bowl with them, but they had two great coordinators. You know, Gannon and Steichen were great. I mean, Fangio, yeah. Kellen Moore, you know, they're good. But I just, yeah, Ryan, I want nothing to do with the Eagles. You look at their schedule, they're going to get the toughest division in football this season. they got to play the AFC North. Then they're going to get the NFC South as well. You know, Tampa, New Orleans, Atlanta, those could be interesting games. You're going to be at the Rams. you got to play Green Bay and Jacksonville this season. And then, obviously, you play Dallas twice, Washington twice, who, by the way, always plays them tough in Philly. And then you got the Giants as well. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting year for the Eagles, man. It's also a big year for Jalen Hurts. I think after that Super Bowl, when they paid him, everybody was kind of in agreement, like, Hurts is the real deal. And certainly, I think most people feel that way. But now that he doesn't have Steichen anymore, and now that he's on with Kellen Moore, it's a big year for Jalen. He, he's got to show that he is still a top 10, top tier quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, big Dom is allowed to return to the sidelines if you do want to buy back into the Eagles. But no, I'm with you. I'm out on the Eagles. I, I honestly, I would have hired Bill. And I don't even want Bill back on the sidelines this year, but I think he's an upgrade over Sirianni. NBA Awards talk next, but I'm giving up. Yeah.